Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Smaowong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. I would love for you to just introduce yourself, your title, and your organization. Sure. Hi, my name is Patrick Merritt. I'm the Director of Sales Enablement at Puppet. Excellent. So Patrick, so glad we're able to connect today. One of the things that I heard was that you've mentioned in the past that you coach people not to go into sales enablement because it's a challenging role. From your perspective, what does it take to be successful in sales enablement? Uh, it takes a lot of things. I think you have to really love the, the job. Um, it's, it's not a job for the faint of heart because there's a lot of challenges. You, you have to love working with salespeople and you have to equally love working with marketing people. And you have to know how to get people across the entire organization to pull together and work together to enable the sales team. You, you can't do it by yourself. Even if you're on a team of sales enablement professionals, you have to rely on resources across the company in order to effectively do enablement. So I think the other thing that's really important is you have to have pretty thick skin. One of the things about a job in sales enablement, um, because it's still not a role where companies just go, oh yeah, we absolutely have to have it, right? It's not like a, a finance team. Right? Everyone has to have a finance team, right? The sales enablement isn't mature enough and people don't, enough people don't get it that that's just a standard. Hey, we have to have sales enablement. So you're constantly in this position of having to defend your value. Um, common question is, hey, what's the return I'm getting on my investment in sales enablement? Which I think is actually not the right question to be asking, uh, but that's another, we can, we can dive into that deeper. But you have to have a combination of all of those things. And you also, I think the other thing that's really key is you need to be willing to take risks and be willing to have something you try fail and then move on from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you called out some of the challenging aspects of the role, but how have you overcome some of these? So for example, alignment and collaboration across boundaries, what are, what are some of the ways in which you've overcome those? Um, lots of trial and error and <laughs> painful conversations. Um, I've been doing this for, uh, gosh, I just added it up recently over 10 years and uh, I've learned a lot of uh, what not to do, and I've also learned what, what to do. But I think the key is there's people love to feel like that they have value. And so when you're trying to pull in someone from another team, so for example, hey, I need a sales engineer on this project so that I can do this enablement program. I need their expertise. I'm going to... Uh, talk to them and, and just be very transparent. Hey, we don't have the expertise. I need your expertise. I've got an outline of what we want to do in this program, but I know that your input will make this better. So can you, you know, are you willing to step up and work with me um, to do this? And, and so I found that um, there, once you establish a rapport with the different groups, and obviously once 
the enablement team is viewed with inside the organization as adding a lot of value, then it becomes a lot easier. Um, I, for example, where I am at Puppet now, our, we have a team of four people, and pretty much everyone knows if there's something that needs to be done, they could throw it our way and we'll make it happen. They also know if it's not our area of responsibility, we'll just say no. And so I, I think establishing clear boundaries helps as well. Um, but it's the collaboration aspect and getting people pulled in from the other parts of the org is just, it's required in order to be successful. Absolutely. So you mentioned saying no to assets that are not sales enablement's responsibilities. I'm curious just to hear from you. What and how would you define sales enablement's responsibility within an organization? Great question. Fundamentally, for me, I uh, boil sales enablement down to one thing, and that is changing sales behaviors. If you don't change sales behaviors, then you don't get different outcomes. And so that's, that's what sales enablement is all about. How do, we, how do we guide and change and shift the selling behaviors of the organization? How do we guide, change, and shift the sales behaviors of the individual sales reps? because that's when you make an impact and that's when you make a difference. So to me, that's the fundamental aspect of sales enablement. And then the other way to think about it is that if you define sales productivity as something that you want to drive, so here's the outcome you want. You want higher sales productivity. Great. That's our goal. You could break productivity down into two things. It's about sales efficiency and sales effectiveness. Sales efficiency, that's the sales ops team's responsibility. Their job is to make all the processes as efficient as possible, to make the sales reps as efficient as possible so that they have more time to actually sell. Effectiveness, that's sales enablement's wheelhouse. That's their responsibility. I need to, in my role as director of sales enablement, I need to make sure that when our sales reps are out having conversations with customers and prospects, that those conversations are effective. I need to make sure that the sales reps know about the product and they talk about it in a way that's effective in all their communication vehicles. So that's the two kind of core things that I think are fundamental with sales enablement. And I think that that often gets lost because unfortunately I think enablement was not the right word to use you know enabling sales reps is just buying them more drinks that's that I mean right that's enablement <laughs> and unfortunately we fall into that trap of um, you know hell we're gonna enable them no no I don't I don't want to enable them what I want to do is I want to change their behavior so that we drive higher sales productivity that's my goal in sales enablement and I think that's that's absolutely the right goal. You know, you mentioned earlier that you have, uh, you know, about a decade of sales enablement experience uh, across a variety of organizations. Within some of those organizations, I'd love to understand what are some common key steps that you took in establishing the sales enablement function? Yeah, great question. Um, so most of when I was at Serena, we really, that, that was first just establishing the function. No one knew what it was or what it could be. And so 
I, the way I describe it to people is in my seven and three quarters years there doing sales enablement, which we called sales readiness at the time actually because the term hadn't really been coined and adopted. Uh, I rebuilt the sales enablement program there three times from the ground up um, because I, we did something. I saw that, oh, these things worked here, this didn't work, and then I just burned it all down and, and built it all back up, right? Um, when it comes to a lot of organizations, because they are very, they're timid in their investment in sales enablement to begin with, the only thing they're going to do first is hire one person. They're like, yep, I'm going to hire one sales enablement person. And then what they're going to do is to make them effective, they're going to do something really clever like give them zero budget. And in case you weren't paying attention, it was a joke, right? <laughs> and that's what happens. And so here you are um, in this, uh, I, I like to describe it, here, here you are in this Han Solo role, and I literally Han Solo, Chewbacca's not even there yet. You're all on your own. And you're the person who's supposed to do all the enablement for the company. Well, there, first of all, even if you had a team of 10, there's still too much work to do. So you have to be just laser focused and, and have uh, very clear priorities. For me, as an example, coming into Puppet, uh, I was, again, I was coming in uh, off of Jive software where I actually had a team. I was coming into Puppet as the sales enablement person. Company didn't understand it, except for my boss who um, knew what it was all about. But just as an organization, they didn't get it. And so the first thing I had to do was say, all right, first off, this is what sales enablement is. Here's a foundational framework. We're going to put a foundation in place. We're going to make sure that then we focus on these kind of pillars of things. We're going to focus on onboarding. So that's all about how do we ramp up new reps as quickly as possible. We're going to focus on another pillar called ongoing, ongoing education. How do we ensure that we continue to up-level and, and keep the skills of our existing sales reps um, improving. Then there's a pillar of uh, peer mentoring and coaching. What are we going to put in place as frameworks so that sales reps um, learn from other sales reps? Because, look, that's the best way for a sales rep to learn is if they hear another sales rep successful, they're like, hey, what are you doing? I want to know right? You need to establish a culture of, of peer learning. And then eventually coaching, but you don't start with coaching and we can come back to that. And then there's the, well, where do the reps find all the content that they need to do their job? What, what's the marketing collateral? What are the sales tools? What are the sales aids? And, and how do they find that? And do they have one place to go to? Because um, none of that existed when I came to Puppet. So that's, that's a great example of, hey, Here's, I'm going to outline where we're going to go to, and then this is what we're going to build, and this is what I'm going to build over time. And where I started um, could be different from where you start because it all depends on what's the biggest gap in your organization. So when I came to Puppet, as an example, um, uh, the onboarding program consisted of a Google Doc that said, here's a list of people you should talk to, and here's some links of things you should go read not a very effective onboarding program, right? But that wasn't the first thing I started on. Why? Well, because we were onboarding one new rep of quarter. I can do a hand-holding with one new rep a quarter. 
I don't need a well-structured onboarding program for one rep a quarter. So I'm, not, I'm going to set that aside. The most important thing was that there was no single place for people to find content. They literally were sharing the standard PowerPoint presentation for the company. How you got it was you asked another sales rep to email it to you. Um, there were things in Google Docs, in Confluence, in Salesforce, in just everywhere, just scattered. So the most important thing for us was we have to establish a single place where they can find all the content. And because I didn't have a, any budget, what that came down to was taking Confluence and morphing it into something I don't think it ever was intended to be. Um, and that was our sales home. And that was, you know, here's your one-stop shop. This is where you go to find all your stuff. And that alone, I, I did that, launched that in the first six months. That alone was just a huge project. And it took a long time to, to pull all that together. But that established, hey, here's a foundation. Now you know where to get the content. And then that freed me up to then go on and say, now I need to focus on the onboarding because we're starting to scale. Our hiring plans are coming in place. And I can't do this Google Doc as the onboarding method. So a uh, bit of a longer story, I think, uh, before you. But, but that's an example of, of how you have to start from nothing and then and then build it up yeah and i love the han solo analogy that definitely got a laugh out of us <laughs> over here so uh, no i might have to use that again sometime um i do want to follow on though because one of the obstacles that you mentioned was securing investment in sales enablement obviously sales enablement cannot be done on a, a constrained or zero dollar budget i would yep. love to understand from you how you've overcome those those obstacles within these organizations and secured the budget justification that you, you needed to actually advance sales enablement within the org? Uh, I have no shame, and so I just beg and plead. Um, that's how I got my first uh, $30,000 in order to actually go get a system that wasn't designed for onboarding, but I morphed it into something for onboarding. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, that's, that's what I did. Um, and then... Um, and then the next thing, uh, next example was, hey, um, we, we keep saying we want to do something with our channel partners and you want me to do some enablement, but um, I am not going to do it. I'm not going to do it until I get this. And because I can't, as an individual, be successful supporting the channel partners as well as supporting our, our direct sales team. So you have a choice to make. If you want something for the channel partners, I'm happy to do that. But in order for me to do that, this is what you need to give me in order to do that. So it was basically, a, it's not me, it's you. You have the choice on what you want to do. And that choice is you're going to have to give me this money. I've done all the research. I've scoped it. Here's how much we're talking about. Here's the budget um, you know, guidelines for it. Now you decide. And so they decided, yeah, we want to go do that. I said, great. They got me the money. I went and did it. The the way to eventually get a good budget, especially in an organization that just doesn't get sales enablement, the way to get a budget is, um, there's a few little tricks, so I'll share those. The first thing is that most sales organizations, they have budget for sales training, right? They always have some budget for sales training. So when you partner with the head of sales and you establish the right relationship, you basically spend their money. That's what I that, that's what I did uh, when I was back at Serena. I actually started the role in marketing, and then they asked me to move over and report directly to sales, which is where it should report. And the, the, the head of sales at the time 
he said to me, only half jokingly, he said, well, look, here's the thing I've realized is that um, you're spending all your time training all of my people and you're spending all of my money to do it. So why don't you just come work for me, right? <laughs> so, so that's what I did. Um, now, back to you know, current days with Puppet, um, we actually, because over a period of three years, I had continued to build on this foundation. Every year, every six months, I introduced, you know, here's the next new big thing, here's the next new big thing, and established uh, enough people in the company that at, an, at you know, a drop of a hat, I could contact them and say, hey, I need help doing this. Can you help me out? And they're like, yeah, no problem, man. That's great. Let's go do it. And so I had this, this group of people and we had done all these great things. And then it was like, okay, now we get it. We understand the value of sales enablement and we need to invest in it. And that's how we went from a team of one to a team of three. And then a year later, we added into a fourth person. And it's also how we got, let's just say, a six-figure budget. So we went from zero budget to a six-figure budget in a single year. So um, that's, those are my tricks. Um, you know, uh, bake sales work sometimes too. That's, you know, <laughs> another washes, way to do it. I've heard those work. Yeah, yeah. Car washes. I mean, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, you know, beg, borrow, steal. Yeah. All that, it all, all those things work. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.